Hi, and welcome to Unashamed, a Smut Lovers podcast where we just want to talk about smut. I'm Kelsey. And I'm Courtney. And today we are doing our part two of our male male episode because we realized that we have just been on a kick and have been reading a bunch of male mail. And so we're like, yeah, let's just do a part two. It's actually our most, our first male male episode is our most popular episode that we have. So. Hope you guys enjoy this one as much as you enjoyed that one. As always, these are just our opinions. So if we like something that you didn't, vice versa, it's not that deep. Everybody likes different things. Do you want to go first or you want me to, Court? Um, you can go first. Okay, so the first one I read is Wit by Cora Rose. I read some too, but I'll take a break in between the two books and let Courtney do her next one first. So, uh, Wit is a roommates to lovers bisexual awakening. Uh, Caleb is straight, but he can't stop thinking about his roommate. Uh, he finds him hard to read, wants to figure him out. Um, he even ends up talking to his family like, I can't, you know, I can't get a read on this guy. He becomes like obsessed with trying to figure out his roommate. Um, then one day, Caleb gets sick. He, he gets, I don't know if it's like a cold, but he gets, he gets sick. And Wit steps up to nurse him back to health. And Caleb just ends up snuggling him <laughs> the whole time. Caleb has massive golden retriever energy. Like, just super, yeah, I mean, that's just the best way I have to describe Caleb. Just super golden retriever energy. And Wit is so the opposite (laughs) the character development in these books is just top notch i when i saw that cora rose doesn't have anything else out i about lost my mind um so anyways caleb kind of embraces the fact that he wants to sit on wit's lap he wants to snuggle him and then uh eventually he realizes like hey i might be bi which he realized he really loves snuggling this dude like before he realized that he might not be all that straight and wit is still not ready to open up about himself he's got a lot of secrets he got a, he's got a lot of stuff that he is hiding and he's like very ocd germaphobe type but he's also like caring and sweet when it comes to caleb but he's just very closed off like he's uh He's got his own shit. He's got his own issues that he doesn't necessarily want to be bringing into anybody else's lives. So he's also got some secrets, some big secrets. <laughs> and then also another thing to mention, like Caleb is bigger than Wit. Like that's a, a fact in there. Like Caleb's much larger than Wit is. And he's like a super snuggly lap sitting bottom. And uh, it, it was just the, the characters in the book this was everything. I loved it. I am like on pins and fucking needles waiting for Cora Rose's next book because these two are so good. <laughs> I loved Wit. I thought it was so freaking cute. Um, I liked the next one more that Kelsey is going to talk about, but this one was adorable. And see, I liked Wit more than I liked Sem. I still loved Sem. I still thought that that couple was so cute. Like, the just the vibes that each character gives off every everyone is so individual they have such fleshed out personalities and looks and and everything but i really like the like emo 
with the golden retriever <laughs> and the fact that Caleb is so big and like so snuggly <laughs> and like how wit is the top in the relationship, even though he's smaller than Caleb. Like I just, I loved it. I thought it was great. So cute. All right. So my next one is how to summon a boyfriend by Asia Fox. It's adorable. So uh, Herbert Bartholomew Ravensbrook III, or Herbie as he likes to go through, go by, uh, he, he needs a boyfriend. So he decides to summon a demon to pretend to be his boyfriend because his father is trying to marry him off uh, before his 25th birthday. And so he goes to summon a demon and somehow does it wrong and ends up in hell. And he is... He definitely has his own, like, golden retriever energy. He's the cutest. Uh, you know, everybody kind of looks at him like he's a few crackers short of a, you know, pack. He's he's so cute, though. Uh, so he goes to hell, and one of the gate guards brings him to Hades, who is the god of the dead. And uh, for those of you who are into uh, Greek mythology, I loved this take because here's the thing anybody who knows anything about greek mythology and even most people who don't know a lot about it know that zeus is usually a really really awful person like you hate him you know because he's just kind of almost always the bad guy he was not in this one he was cool poseidon was cool hades is cool like they're all just super cute i kind of hope that um all three of them end up getting their own books i don't know if uh the author plans to expand but so hades meets herbie and he's kind of like yeah so i decided to summon a demon because i needed a boyfriend and hades is like i'm gonna do it he's bored of you know he's like the dead are really boring you know i'm just I've been doing this for eons because I got the short end of the stick when it came to job assignments. And so I got you. And so they kind of, you know, they they start falling in love. There's some spice. It's, it's so cute. There's a, a underlying context. Herbie's dad is like the worst. Absolutely the worst. Uh, I, it's kind of a theme in Asia Fox's books, it seems like. But um, Hades kind of like sees, you know, because he's the king and the king of hell and the god of the dead he doesn't have a lot of like personal connection really and herbie you know is like offers to cook for him and is like super snuggly and adorable and he's you know he's enamored with his little human and his his little uh his little consort and it's it's freaking cute and you know poseidon is Poseidon's hilarious and like a golden retriever of his own and like I said this is one of the few times I've ever liked Zeus and I really really loved that I I cannot recommend it enough like it's it's adorable this whole thing is adorable it sounds really cute uh, when you started talking I was like oh please end up with Hades <laughs> no he, he they do they end up together you know it from like the very first like couple of chapters but it's it's perfect. It sounds sweet. Um, okay, so my next one is Sem by Cora Rose. So Sem is Caleb's cousin. So Caleb from Wit, Sem is his cousin. Um, so he meets Magnus one night when he's asked to give him a ride home, and he just, like, becomes fascinated with him. So uh, originally Sem is straight and Magnus is gay. And so... 
it's a there's a bisexual awakening aspect to it um but sam is just fascinated by mag mag is super tiny and he dresses femme and just has like his own personality his own style he's a very unique person and sam is just like what what is this who <laughs> who are you tiny person <laughs> and uh because you know sam is cousins with caleb and caleb is described to be huge and sam is described to be bigger than he is so um, there's a definite like size difference between the two. And so Sam ends up stalking him. <laughs> and as soon as he gets latched onto something, he can't let it go. And that's like a, a personality trait of Sam. So uh, once he's latched on something, he, he's latched on. So he latches on to Mag and Mag is like not happy about it. <laughs> he's got his eyes on somebody else and he does not have time to be stalked by this straight guy, <laughs> this straight giant of a man. <laughs> and um, so, yeah, it, um, this is another one for amazing character development. But Sem ends up wearing Mag down. And Mag, like I said, he's, he's tiny, but he's got this huge personality. He's very... Uh, for the most part, secure in who he is. But Sem has some insecurity issues. So he's this big guy, but he's got a lot of uh, insecurities that go along with that. And I I wrote even in my notes here that I can't wait for more from this author um, because both of these books were so great. But it was it was super cute. Uh, like I said, wit, uh, I like just a little bit more, but that's just because I really like the like emo sunshine aspect but um sem and mag were also really cute and really sweet so this is kind of a, it's a stalker romance but mag don't take no shit um also i don't think it's a spoiler how they end up getting together originally so i'll just put it in there because it's kind of interesting so mag is like extremely competitive like if you tell him he can't do something he's gonna he's gonna do it no matter what like no matter how reckless it is so sem breaks into mag's apartment and is like you you can't take me you know like because sem or because mag has like been bragging that he's a size queen and sem's like you can't take me and mag's like you, you fucking bet so <laughs> sem ends up like daring mag to have sex with him and after that it's just uh it kind of just evolves from there and it it was funny it was cute it was sweet i loved it i loved sam i've got a thing for stalkers <laughs> like not yeah. real life but you know like book stalkers and sam was just like the gentlest of giants he really was even as a stalker he was just like just a sweet giant who just wanted to know yeah, he, he just wants to know why it. do you dress that way? And their family, <laughs> the family dynamic, Sam's family is like the best. There's no homophobia anywhere. There's nothing. Well, I mean, not in Sam and Caleb's family. Like, they're like, oh my God, we found partners for these reckless, crazy boys. Please take them. Yeah. It was the cutest. Yeah, it was sweet. They, before, uh, like in Wit's book, because that's the first one in the series. Before Caleb even like realizes that he may be bisexual or anything like that, his family comes over when he's sick, sees that he's snuggled up to wit, 
and they're just like, oh, your boyfriend's now. And that, that like his whole family just assumes they're boyfriends and he's like, he just rolls with it. <laughs> they both just roll with it until they end up being like actual boyfriends. But it was just like, their family's just like, oh, that's awesome. Sweet. We love him already. They're like, if we can marry him off, we will. We just want grandkids at some point. All right. Just yeah. give us grandbabies. We're happy. I yeah. loved it. I I really cannot wait for the next. Uh, I think there's at least going to be one more in the series. I'm hoping for two because there's one more single brother. And then I know the friend is getting one too. So Yeah, I I just can't wait for anything she puts out yeah. because her, her writing style is just so attractive. It is. Like you, just, you get so sucked in and you're just like, oh my God, like give me everything that you have to give me from your brain. Like I may have found a new like top favorite authors like or in my top favorites. Like she's, these two books were both just amazing. I'm, I'm, I'm very impressed. Yeah, not a disappointment at all. Okay, so my next one is Boyfriend Goals by uh, Riley Hart. Okay, so uh, Milo is neurodivergent. He's one of the main characters, and he gets a call one day. He works for his mom, who's like this high-powered businesswoman, and she is like the definition of helicopter parent. Like, she's always trying to, like, smooth the path for him because he's on the um the autism spectrum and so and he hates that he absolutely hates he's like can you please just just let me do things like i just want to do things by myself so he gets a call um at work one day and he finds out that he had a grandmother that he never knew about apparently his mother was adopted and she has never wanted a relationship with her biological mother but when uh the mother dies she leaves milo her bookstore in her hometown. She leaves him this legacy. So he decides to take the bookstore. He's like, I'm going to turn it around. Um, I'm going to, you know, go find out who this woman was, basically. So he goes, it's like an island. I think it's off of, I don't actually remember where it's off of, but it's an island off of possibly Oregon or something like that. So he moves there. He's away from his like structure system and everything like that. And he's a very blunt person. And he is making all of these choices on his own. And he meets Gideon. So Gideon uh, has a tattoo shop attached to his grandmother's bookstore. And his grandmother was letting Gideon live in the apartment above the bookstore. And so you know, Gideon is worried. He's like, you know, I don't know who this new owner is. I don't know if he's going to like sell everything. Like she was renting to me for basically dirt cheap and letting me live in the apartment. You know, it's, it's a small little like coast, you know, little Island town. And, um, so there's not a whole lot of business, you know what I mean? Like, so Gideon is worried and then he meets Milo and just, he kind of is like enamored. He's like everything that this kid does is like adorable and so Milo decide Milo and him decide to live together. They become roommates. And Milo is like, you know, oh, we're we're now best friends. And like just kind of does things in his own way, you know, obviously. And Gideon just kind of like rolls with it, you know. He's letting Milo make his own choices. And then eventually it kind of evolves from like roommates to a relationship. And it was 
honestly, it was so cute. Uh, it was, I really loved the way Milo was written. I really loved uh, the way Gideon just kind of like rolled with, you know, rolled with everything. Like he never made Milo feel too badly. Um, there are some, there's some like, you know, instances and events that happen, but it, I think it was handled really well. I just, I think I loved this couple. I thought that they were super cute. It sounds really good. That sounds cute. Um, my next one is the friendship equation by J.R. Gray. So they've been best friends their entire lives. And um, one is from like a middle class family and the other one's from an upper class political family. His dad is running for president. It's a big part of the book. So the one that's from middle class family, he confesses that he is still a virgin. And the his best friend's kind of like, what the hell? Like, you, you know, why did you never tell me this? And he's like, well, don't you think I would have told you like if it would have happened? <laughs> um, because they're extremely close. Like their default even like to everyone else is very flirtatious and very um, like hands-on and they're just they've been extremely close their whole lives even though the one who's upper class his he he believes he's straight and the other one has known that he's bisexual and that he's been in love with his best friend forever so they um after he confesses that he's a virgin he asks his best friend to help him like to to teach him and to basically have sex with him and the best friend like rolls with it and he's like okay we'll do it on friday or whatever day saturday <laughs> and uh so there's a lot of sexual tension leading up to it a lot of flirtation and some other acts um it's a very hot book very spicy i felt like the the, the tension in the lead up was pretty good um i didn't have any complaints about that but it, they end up realizing that they are in love and it causes issues with the dad who is running for office. So even though he supports LGBTQ rights, he feels like it wouldn't be good for his public image, which is super hypocritical. But I do wish that there was a little more angst. So. I mean, we've got a whole ass bisexual awakening, or I, I think he says he's pan. I think he ends up being pan, but um, but we've got a whole sexual awakening, and we've got drama with the dad, and we've got you know best friends falling in love, risking their friendship for this, you know, yada yada yada, and there just wasn't very much angst. Like you can tell, like some things were thrown in there for the drama aspect. Um, I just thought that it could have been fleshed out a little more. I didn't have any like big issues with it, but I just thought it could have been brought that extra level if the emotions were drawn out just a just a tad more when it came to the angst. Like it was there, but it wasn't fleshed out. It was just like mentioned and then gone over. So that's why I think this would be a really good book for Courtney. <laughs> because what was it again? <laughs> It's The Friendship Equation by J.R. Gray. So, I mean, it's just a sweet best friends to lovers um, where there's a little bit of drama in there, enough to keep it interesting, but not any real angst. 
And uh, I just thought, like, for me personally and my preferences, it could have been heightened even more if there was a little bit of, like, fleshed out angst in it. Um, but it, it just stayed more on the, for the most part, on the sweeter side of things. So I think you would really like it, Courtney. I just downloaded it. <laughs> it sounded great. Yeah. So. They're also swimmers. They swim together, too. So there's, like, an athletic aspect in it. But yeah, I mean, it was good. I just thought it could have been like just a tad like more my style if that was like if there was some I'm sure you'll see when you read it. There's like certain scenes that could have just been fleshed out a little bit more and it would have just brought everything to the next level for me. Yeah, well, it sounds what's your it sounds um, it's Bar Desires uh, by Ashley James. So it's a stepbrother book. Uh, I know Kelsey has talked about it before. Like I said, I don't know which episode, but uh, it's. It's so good. There is cheating, sort of. Um, this one is, it's so cute. So it's a college romance. Um, the straight younger stepbrother, uh, let's see, sorry. The straight younger stepbrother, he has a girlfriend and um, he's going to college and his girlfriend's going to the same college as him and he's really excited. And then he walks in on his stepbrother having sex with another guy at a party, like right before I think he ends up moving in and going to the same college as him. And so it kind of throws him for a loop. He's like, oh my gosh, like I didn't realize I was attracted to guys, especially not this one. And so he's kind of like going through this in his head for a while. And then he ends up moving in with him in the house with like uh, his stepbrother Branson and I think two other guys. And so he's, he's kind of like, he's with his girlfriend, he's trying, but their relationship has been on the decline for a while. And um, his stepbrother Branson also is attracted to him. He's known it for a while, but they kind of end up taking this journey together. Like I said, the girlfriend sucks. She's the worst, but it also wasn't super angsty. Like, I think also like what you said with the last book, The Love Equation, um, there was way more potential, especially when it came to like the parents finding out that they were together. I'm, that was like skipped. I'm, I think I'm thinking of a different book than you are. Yeah, it's it's part desired with Luca and Branson, and I remember there being angst. There was like a little tiny bit, but not really. Not with the parents, not at all, and not with the friends really either. Like they just kind of came out and they were like, "Cool, so like we're dating now." And, like, they were secret for a really long time. And, like, but it's just, like, I, uh, there is a little bit of angst as far as it goes because there, um, there's an event that happens with one of the parents. But. Okay. That's where I was. But that's it where wasn't, my yeah, but it wasn't, like, like. Yeah. So. Okay. We're on the same page now. We are thinking okay, the same yeah. book. And I, just, I remember that that, like, was. Uh, I've, I really felt the emotion in that book as far as, like, that event goes. Yes. No, um, I felt like it was done really well. Like the whole book it doesn't have so to be. Well. Yeah, for angst, like for me, it doesn't necessarily have to be like within the relationship necessarily. It it's been a long time since I've read that book, but it's it, as long as there's heightened emotion and it's done well, then like I'm down for it. Like I I need a little bit of hurt. Yeah. For it to really be a next level book for me. It doesn't necessarily have to be a lot, but I need 
I need that level of emotion for it to really just reach that go from good to great. Yeah. No, this definitely, I would say so far, one of my top male male reads of the year, like, and it's so good. Uh, And book two, which is another standalone um, is coming out this month, actually. And I'm so excited for it. So I will, I'll probably be back with the review of that one once it comes out. So. Yeah, it is. It was a really good book, though. I I don't know which episode I talked about it in, but I did talk about it, and it is it's very good. I remember. I really loved it. Okay, so my last one is Hostel by Nicole Dykes. So I really loved this one. This was the last book that I read, so not the one I'm currently reading, but the one I just finished before this. It's kind of a grumpy sunshine, but not really because he just, well, anyways, so the one main male character, he was a foster kid who was adopted along with his uh, two best friends. They met in the system and they ended up all getting adopted together um, by this really just wonderful couple. And he is kind of, like, all fucked up in his head about who he is. He, um, part of it, I don't want to give away because it is kind of a spoiler. But he's he's just all fucked up in his head. He doesn't want to let anybody in because he thinks that he's broken. And he thinks that he's unworthy. And he doesn't understand why his adoptive parents and his, you know, brother, like, his adopted brother and sister love him so much and he just kind of wants to do things on his own and he doesn't want to bother anybody or be reliant on anybody. He's had this plan of getting out as soon as he aged out the whole time that he has been, you know, growing up in in foster care that once he turns 18, he's like, I have to do everything on my own and I can't rely on anybody else and yada, yada, yada. So he's got this kind of like broody standoffish vibe to him. And then the other guy, he is more on the sunshine spectrum. So he's very positive. He's a jock. He's the golden boy. Everybody knows who he is. Everybody looks up to him. He plays every single sport. And, you know, he's got a lot of expectations put on him. And so he is in the closet. He knows that he's gay and he's in the closet because he's got all these really high expectations on him. And he has had his eye on this guy, on on the other main male character, for as long as he's been going to their school. So he has been watching him and staring at him and just, you know, from afar from for a couple years. And finally one day he sees him walking in the rain and he pulls over and he's like, get in my car. And he's not giving up. He's got this like sunny disposition and he just smiles every time he gets turned down and you know just a determination to crack through these walls and to get to know this guy and um he just really puts in the work and eventually they end up becoming friends and he comes out to this you know grumpy broody guy that he's been wanting to be close to for so many years and they end up kissing. I feel like that's not a spoiler because they become friends who sometimes kiss. <laughs> and they don't really form like an official relationship, 
but they do end up forming a relationship of sorts. But the jock, the preppy guy, he's um, in the closet. And he's, like, deep in the closet because he's got all these expectations on him and he's got these goals that don't really allow him to be out. So they know that an expiration date is coming because he's going to have to go off to college and, you know, they can't live their life out loud. And so they know that they can't form an official relationship because it's it's going to come to an end. And it was so good. It was seriously, I really, really, really loved it. The characters in this book were very well fleshed out. The, you know, you've got, again, the emo broody guy and the sunshine determined to crack through all your walls guy. And uh, I just thought it was really, really good. And I recommend it. It sounds cute. I like grumpy sunshine books. They're adorable. Me too. Especially when the grump is just like, he's not really a grump. Just nobody understands him. (laughs) He just wants somebody to love him. And and he wants to know why they do. Yeah. All right. So my last one is Unexpected. By M. A. Inez, I think Inez Inez. Uh, so it is a age gap, age play, daddy romance with hints of um, BDSM as well. So Ryland is—he's very, very sheltered. So he was a late in life baby to his parents. One is like a super like a a doctor and one is a high powered attorney. And so they've sheltered him, but they also like forced him to grow up like really fast. Like they never really let him be a kid. And so he's naive in a lot of ways. And then also like, he's kind of had like all this pressure heaped on him. So uh, it's the summer after his sophomore year of college, he has this best friend who um, named Finn, who's kind of like, like has to like teach him about things like you know he teaches him about like you know sex and stuff like that and they're in the grocery store and Ryland is talking about like the merits of like baby biscuits and like you know binkies and stuff like that and uh his neighbor Holden who is a college professor and older overhears the conversation and he thinks oh my gosh this guy would be like a perfect boy and uh so he he kind of makes contact at the grocery store and Finn is like hey I think you'd you know, later on, Finn and Ireland are talking and Finn goes, hey, like, I think you'd be into this kind of thing. And so he's like showing him articles about like, you know, age play and, you know, daddy boy relationships and things like that. And the very beginning, this book was a little harder to get into. So I loved it. I, I want to preface by saying that I really loved it. But like the first 30 percent was very much more. It was educational. There wasn't any sort of sexual contact. It was really just like um, introducing Ryland into the world of uh, age play and littles and bigs and things like that. It was good and it was very educational uh, as far as it goes. Some daddy books kind of like go right into it even when the person is like new to the entire world as far as it goes. But this one was really very, very, it wasn't rushed. It, It went at a really good pace and then once it got into it, Holden was like the perfect daddy for 
for Ryland. He calls him Riley when he's in Little Space. It was so freaking, it was cute. It was spicy. It was um, really, really everything. And so this is actually a three book series. So the first one is the age play. And then the second one is an age gap with the sub being the older one. And then the third book is puppy play. And so I'm actually really excited. I plan to read the, um, the next two books soon. So we'll have updates on that. Tell me how you like it because the only puppy play book I read before, I wasn't super into it. Like, I don't know. And, you, you know, like your kink is not my kink and that's okay. And I'm not going to yuck anybody's yum. But I get, I can get into the book more if I can understand the headspace along with the sexual aspect of it. And I have a hard time. Uh, just personally, this is completely personally. I have a hard time matching puppy play and sexuality, but I've only read like a, just a very small amount of puppy play. Right. And I would be maybe interested in reading it from a different author I, yeah. than well, I've well, already read. Yeah. And I like the ones that are educational first because you can't just go from like not having any knowledge of the kink world and especially when it comes to. Uh, age play in just thrusting into it you kind of have to be introduced and explained and this is why this is arousing for us this is why you know this is a kink for us and and you know how you can get into that headspace and how that's okay and and things like that so i i really like the books that have the education aspect to them especially especially if somebody had never read age play before and just jumped into a book that doesn't have any explanation to it like that that could be shocking right for yeah well yeah i've read somewhere it was like oh okay cool so like you seem like you're submissive and could be a little let's put you in a diaper and i'm like whoa wait where did we go what did we go yeah. we hit, yeah. we hit a fork in the road and you went left and i was going right what is that? That's how I felt uh, about that. Gosh, oh, I think it was litigation and lace. Oh, but if I have the wrong one, then I'm sorry, guys. But um, that book was just like they all of a sudden meet at a kink club, just like randomly, and one of the guys has no idea about kink, and the next thing you know, he's wearing a diaper. I need to make sure that that's the book before we put this in there. Okay. But yeah. um, no, I really liked the <laughs> educational aspect. Like I said, it was just um, I it just like the the first like thirty, I think, to forty percent of the book was just really a lot of talk, which was good. It, it's important, like you said, but um, it just was made it a little harder for me to uh, get into it until uh, it it kind of started to move the story along and then like once it did it was perfect it's not even just the spice that needed to move along for me it was just like the story itself but um i i ended up really loving it like absolutely so happy definitely recommend it and so yeah i will let you know about the puppy play one uh especially because it i did like that it did start out with the explanations and things like that so yeah, I just think it's important when you're in a book that's like as kink heavy as age play can be. Mm -hmm. If you don't, if you don't go through the proper steps when writing that book, your readers are going to be thrown off. Yeah, you could tell that the especially if they're not had research done, like had done. Yeah, done. especially if someone is not like I said 
experienced in reading books about age play, if you jump into an age play book that's not like gradual, it can be shocking and it can be a real letdown too. And I, I believe it was litigation and lace. I just looked it up that just went from like randomly meeting dude super sheltered and then all of a sudden he's in a diaper and I was just like whoa <laughs> it just was like uh, it, it fell flat for me because it didn't really have a lot of the aspects that I feel like kink heavy books need to have yeah I agree all right well that is it for me I think you said that that last one was your last as well Yes. So um, next week will once again be our bi-weekly book review. And I think, I think that's everything. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you. See you next week. Bye. Bye.